threw a hundred mile an hour fastball at it and and that was made a video you can check it out on our instagram pretty cool didn't break it uh so we've done a lot of stuff like that it's a fine line like we we try to do stuff like that to show the toughness of the product we also don't want to inspire people to do dumb stuff with their product (laughs) you know like you wouldn't it's like like i said with the fishing with the fishing reel like you know if you got dunked you know i'm gonna it's meant you know it's meant to handle it but at the same time you know you got to baby it and rinse it off like it's still an electronic product but um you know, we try to make the best, most rugged outdoor portable speaker on the market. That was Will Bradley describing how they've tested their waterproof Bluetooth speaker with a 100 mile per hour fastball. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. We're doing uh, some live podcasting. We're testing it out. Uh, you can join in and find out when the next uh, episode is at wetflyswing.com slash live. That's L-I-V-E. Uh, and right now we're setting up so you can actually join, uh, be in the audience, or raise your hand, come up on stage, and you can ask a question for our guests. So check that out if you want to connect a little more to some of our live stuff we got going. Will Bradley, co-founder of TurtleBox Audio, breaks down a little more on the story of how this all came to be. We find out why so many boat owners are loving the TurtleBox, what the Yeti cooler horns are all about, and uh, the aluminum skiff that Will's working on. This is uh, pretty interesting. We talk a little about this, this new skiff. So without further ado, here is Will Bradley from TurtleBoxAudio.com. How's it going, Will? Hey, what's going on? Not much, not much. Just uh, getting ready to bang out another episode here with the uh, Turtle Box founder. Uh, we uh, had John on. Uh, gosh, I can't remember how, how it wasn't that long ago. We talked about a little bit about the background and and uh, he mentioned you were kind of the uh, the the bra- at least the idea right behind this thing. So we're going to dig into Turtle Box uh, uh, audio. But before we get there, just talk about how you first got into how fly fishing. How did you connect to the fly fishing space? Well, I grew up in Houston, and so we're about 50 minutes from the coast. I spent a lot of time growing up with my dad and fishing the Texas coast. Um, And actually, saltwater fly fishing is kind of a new endeavor for me. Um, It's kind of a a new thing for me to learn and get into. Uh, We've got a lot of great salt flats here, a lot of marshlands. And so um, it was kind of the next step in my fishing career, so to speak is to get more into uh, side casting for redfish, which has been really fun. Um, I've done a lot of fly fishing up in Colorado, just on the rivers and stuff like that. But this is, uh, it's a lot harder. It's, I, I also love hunting and I feel like uh, sight casting for redfish is kind of like combines <laughs> fishing that I love and hunting that I love. It's like the, you know, it, it's, it's really cool. Like stocking up on them and, and, trying not to spook them and being quiet and all that. It's, it's been a, a fun thing to learn. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the hardest thing about uh, redfish is just being, trying not to spook them or, or what is the most challenging thing? Yeah. For me being kind of new to it, one is finding them and then, you know, presenting the fly like in a, in a natural way where it doesn't spook them or getting it on the right spot and pulling it across their nose. Uh, you know, it's challenging, but it's <laughs> what makes it, it's what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely, um, definitely. You know, and growing up, you know, wade, mostly wade fishing, you know, you're just kind of blind casting all day. I mean, you know, you're still seeing activity and you're definitely not always blind casting, but it's, it's just a different type of, uh, fishing and it, they're yeah. both fun. I, I, you know, would, would do all, all yeah. any fishing related, uh, all the exactly. time. Exactly. 
Yeah, it's fun to keep kind of growing your your skill set and, and challenging yourself. And so um, I think fly fishing has been a fun way to do that. Yep, definitely, definitely. So you were in, did you grow up in Colorado or how did you make your way out to Texas? Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and then didn't start going to Colorado until uh, high school, uh, I think my senior year. And then uh, tried to go up there every summer since just to kind of get away, escape the heat. Uh, mm-hmm. Love the mountains. Kind of my two favorite things are are the ocean and the mountains. So, um, yeah. anyway, Colorado kind of sucked me in because Texas doesn't have too many mountains. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We've, we've got some in Big Bend, but it's about the same drive. It's 10 hours from where I'm at to get to Big Bend, which is still in Texas, which is kind of crazy. You can drive 10 oh, hours wow. in the state of Texas. But Yeah, uh, that's amazing. But, it's only 12 hours to Colorado, so it's about the same. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys, are in a, you guys are in a cool spot. And Well, I think, you know, I mean, we were going to – we talked, like I mentioned, John was on here, uh, one of the co-founders. We talked a little bit about Turtle Box and what you guys have going. It was interesting because we – when he was describing it, you know, he was kind of talking about all the four founders, and he mentioned – I think he mentioned you as the guy with the idea that, that came – you know, could you talk about that? How did this, is that, first of all, is that the case of that, that how did this turtle box idea come to be? Yeah. So John and then two other guys and myself were kind of roommates. This is probably eight years ago. Um, and like I said, you know, we were spending a lot of time on the coast. We had a sailboat together, some canoes, kayaks, actually had a, a little John boat, but just spent a lot of time on the water and, and a lot of time outdoors um, and we loved music and that was an important kind of part of our lives. We had great sound systems inside, but nothing really for outside, but we were spending most of our time outside. And the funny thing about portable speakers back then is most all the portable speakers were actually meant for indoor use or had Mm. indoor components. And so, you know, I broke two really nice, uh, portable units, um, and then tried to, I was basically Googling the words loud outdoor portable speaker, loud outdoor (laughs) audio, and, you know, just bought several things that I thought would do the trick, but they were either too heavy, too clunky, not super portable or not loud enough or not rugged enough. And so, um, I was kind of in the middle of a little hi-fi project and kind of abandoned that and decided to build exactly what I wanted, um, that I could strap down on my sailboat that wouldn't matter if it got wet, it wouldn't matter if it got salt water on it, which is a really hard thing to, you know, that eats up fishing rods and reels and, and so much more for electronics. So, you know, that was a hard thing to do, but bought like, uh, it was comprised of about 22 marine quality parts, put it together. And, um, about a year later, kind of the guys were like, man, we need to make this a business. You know, people are wanting to buy it. So it wasn't really set out to be a, a business. It was just set out, you know, something to kind of fill a need and became something we all fell in love with and used on a regular basis. And ultimately that led uh, to a business. So um, yeah. it's been a fun journey with three of my best friends and, um, you know, a long journey. Like I said, it was probably eight years ago. The first one was built. Wow. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been kind of a labor of love. But now we're, uh, it's been, we're reaping some of the rewards. It's been fun to see uh, turtle boxes in the wild and people using it and seeing how they use it. it's been fun um, and one of the biggest markets for turtle box is actually uh, the fly fishing world which we didn't anticipate huh. up front when I think of fly fishing I was thinking more of like Colorado fly fishing like it's quiet you know it's pristine yep. like you're not going to have the super loud outdoor speaker with you while you're <laughs> fly fishing 
but it's really the skiff market, drift boat market, things like that. You know, these minimalist boats that don't come with these monster stereos like, you know, some of your off, offshore sport fishing guys like, you know, they they don't like drilling holes in their boats. And this was a great uh, fit because everything is uh, saltwater proof. You know, it's, you know, the hardware is a stainless and, and you just kind of treat it like your nice fishing reel. You just hose it off when you're done. So uh, I think the fly fishing world is just really taken to our product which has been really cool yeah that is cool no i love that and so on, on the speaker itself the saltwater so is that i mean so you can get it fully fully wet talk about that how, how because you've got this speaker in there how, how did how does that thing handle the water yeah so we went with uh we made some decisions you know early on like our tweeter floats outside the the speaker so you know we have as many as few holes in the actual speaker as possible um you know basically less chances that water can get inside the box. Um, and then, you know, the other hard part about salt water is it's just so corrosive. So we, you know, yeah. every little screw and everything, you know, we is stainless. Our titanium, uh, tweeter is, you know, just hose it off when you're done. It, it's, um, we went with that instead of a silk dome. And so mm-hmm. anyway, we've just made a lot of little decisions like that to kind of make it as bomb proof as possible. But, um, you know, it still salt water just eats stuff up. So I mean, you gotta, yeah. you know, treat it like I'd treat it like I I would if I dunked my my reel or something. You know, like hose it off. You know, and all that. And you know, gotcha. if you take good, if you take good care of it, it it's gonna last and, and do you well. Um, yeah. So with my speaker, I'm he- heading out on the river with the drift boat. You know, in in the week or whatever. So if it if it's uh, you know falls into the river or on the side of the river for a little bit, that's that's not that's gonna be okay. Oh yeah. If it falls off your boat, it actually floats. Um, you know, just pick it up and put it back in the boat and keep on going. It's fresh water. You don't really need to do anything. It's just no like, kidding. so this thing is fully, literally, I mean, this is fully waterproof. You can, I mean, it was probably one of those things, right? Like, like uh, watches or whatever, you, you can't go under six meters or something like that, but it's, uh, it, it can, it can get as well. It could sit out in a rainstorm, fall in the river. Everything's good. Yeah. It's actually rated to be underwater for, I think 30 minutes at three feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would not recommend that. That's just our, our proof test to to call it IP six, seven waterproof. But yeah, if it gets dunked, if it sits out in the rain, no problem. If you hose it off, no problem. So when I'm doing my, if I do a turtle box video this, this week, I I can kind of uh, play it, uh, maybe test it out, duck it out of the water real quick or let it drop in. That'd be a pretty good video. Let it float down the river. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, and you guys have the. Uh, it comes with the straps, right? The like the little the orange straps, so you can strap it onto whatever as well. Yeah, we sell those separate uh, for like fifteen bucks, and yep. uh, and uh, it, it's a good value. I mean, it, it'll actually work with any normal hardware strap. Uh, could you get your hardware store a one inch strap? Um, what's nice about ours is they're three feet in length instead of like the eight foot you'd get from the hardware store. And also ours are stainless as well. So, you know, again, salt proof and they're going to last you a little bit longer. Um, Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah. I just had uh, um, NRS, you know, uh, the, uh, the rafting company, I just had uh, one of their head of sales on, he talked about the NRS strap, right? Which is that blue strap and Bill Parks, Mm -hmm. I think was the guy who, invented that strap that cam strap uh, or similar right to what you guys have and yeah mm. man, man talk about an interesting story that guy literally uh started this company you know nrs which is probably the one of the largest rafting companies they sell all sorts of stuff 
Right. And, yeah. You know, instead of selling the two hundred million dollar company when he turned eighty five or whatever, he went back to his employees, you know, hundred or whatever, and said, "You know what? You guys have the company," and, and gave wow. them the company. Yeah, I know. I I know he told that story and uh, the podcast isn't out yet. It's going to come out in, in a few weeks, but, um, but yeah, it's amazing, man. So th- that company and all that stuff that goes with it, it, it makes it, it makes sense. You know, when you see companies like that, you know, that I already knew their service was amazing, but that's where it goes back to, right? The founders. And mm. I mean, you guys are kind of the same thing, right? You, you four are the founders. What, you know, when you look at what you guys have going, as far as what each of you bring to the, to the game, I mean, what, what do you think when you think of, uh, I think John talked a little bit about this, but I mean, for you, what's, what's your superpower? Oh, I don't have one. My superpower <laughs> is having great partners. So it, yeah. makes the, it makes it a lot easier. And I think we all have very different, unique skill sets. So, um, yeah. anyway, it just kind of yeah. makes, it, makes running a business a little bit easier. That's right. Yeah. The four people is that you guys just kind of spread things out and kind of whatever somebody likes to do, you kind of take on that task. Yeah, that's actually exactly how we do it. I mean, I think being a small business, we all wear a lot of hats, but um, we actually spent the month of January kind of doing a vision week, read, read the book, Good to Great, which is a great book. If, if, you know, okay. really whatever sector you're in, it's it can apply to you. But we spent a lot of time just deep di- diving into uh, what our time and our, our resources are and our talents are what we're good at, what we're not good at. And, um, you know, trying to divvy up our work accordingly because we're all equal partners, um, which makes it fun, but also makes it tough. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think that's one of the hard things about being a, a partnership with, with your good friends, but it's also one of the great things. Like if you can figure that out, you know, we work really well together. We res- respect each other really well. And, um, I think you'll see, you know, that in our product, like there's a lot of passion in our product, kind of like the same thing with NRS. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're talking to somebody like customer service, you're probably talking to one of the owners. And so, it's, yep. uh, you know, there, there's uh, a different degree of respect there for the customer. And I think when people find that out, they really appreciate it as well. Um, so it's pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, I do. I, I like, you know, a lot of the marketing and design side. I'm also a big relationship guy. So I enjoy business development, meeting people. Uh, what's been a cool thing that is kind of new to me is is this whole social media world. And uh, was a new thing for a lot of companies. And we, we had outsourced it when we were a young company. And we took it back in last year during uh, kind of the pandemic. It took a lot of things back in house. Yeah. Actually, one of the great things was social media. And I was amazed at how many um people like legitimate relationships uh, came out of social media. Like I really started connecting some of our customers and, and people that are ambassadors for us and really getting to know them and, and have made some really cool, um, good, unique relationships. Like not just, you know, Facebook friends, like these are like guys that I've, you know, hunt or fish with and gone on trips with. And uh, that's been a really neat part of the business um, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Yep. Yeah. Are you guys and are you going to keep with the social media, just uh, keep on that and not not outsource it or what's your plan there? I think so. I mean, in, until we get too big where you just literally can't. But, um, you know, I, I, I always want to kind of have a hand in it because I think it's a really important part of our business and really any business these days. Like it's not just putting cool pictures up. It's really a way to engage with your customers, get feedback on your product. Like if something's wrong with it or someone's unhappy with it or if something uh, is, is going great. Like people love it. Like you, you hear all of that in real time. Um, and, 
and you get to see who you're dealing with instead of like an email or, you know, there's no face behind a name. Like you really get to connect with these people. And that's, I really love that aspect of the business. Um, I think that applies to kind of everybody. Like if you are, you don't have to own a business. You could be the guy that's, that's fishing and you can, you know, connect with the products you love and the people behind them. And, um, anyway, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about this day and age, you know, for all the, you know, there's some negatives of social media, but the cool thing is, is that you can, you know, almost reach out to anybody uh, and get a chance, you know, at literally talking to somebody. I mean, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, So when you, when you do your, you know, you're, it sounds like you're talking to a lot of people and stuff like that at the end of the day, after you've had a day of all, you know, calls and all that stuff, are you feeling like, are you energized or are you totally drained? Uh, pretty energized. It just depends on the day, but it's fun again, working with your friends. We have a great office. Um, we try really hard to you know, create a really good dynamic here, like where it's a fun place to work. And so, uh, the end of the days are actually kind of fun. We all usually will sit around for 30 minutes kind of after work winds down and just catch up and shoot the breeze. And so, uh, I actually really enjoy the end of the days here at, at turtle box world. So, yeah. You guys have like a like a, a ping pong table in there. What, what's your you guys? No, but that's a great idea. Uh, we need yeah. some more cool stuff in here. You know what I really want is uh, a pair of those Yeti horns, like where you can rope it, put it on the end of your cooler. Have you seen those? Oh no, I have it. That sounds cool. Yeah, we have we have Yeti stuff everywhere in this. Yeah, office. you can buy this like bull bullhorn, and uh, you put it on. It fits in the end of your cooler. <laughs> Just seems pretty random, but it, uh, I guess a lot of people like it. They're always sold out of them. But that's on no, my okay, list. So- so now this is a bolt. So it's a bullhorn and it fits into the, the, the Yeti. Yeah. It fits in the side of the Yeti. And so your Yeti like kind of turns in this little roping bull and you can you know, <laughs> buy a lasso and rope it, which, uh, I used to yes. actually know how to do that. I don't remember, but when huh. I was up in Colorado one summer, I learned how to do it. So I wonder if I, I wonder if it'll come back. If it'll be like riding a bike. But we'll see. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you could still bust it out. Nice. Uh, Man, nice. you got fired up talking about these NRS straps. I'm looking them up. I didn't realize they invented that cam strap. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, not only that, they invented the um, uh, the fly fishing frame. Well, I mean, at least that style, the 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 raft frame for fly fishing. They invented the Bill's bag, which is that waterproof dry bag. Back before I think Bill was there, Bill Parks, they didn't really have a waterproof you know bag like that. Which right, that back in the day. Yeah, we were actually uh, floating the Devil's River last week and doing some fly fishing, and I really wasn't familiar with NRS prior to that. But all of our gear was NRS. The guy, the outfitter, basically like every yeah. little every little thing, which was uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've been using um, I've been using them for years. In fact, uh, a number of years ago, I had them uh, build a, that, one of those raft frames for me. And the cool thing was, it shows you I knew about their service way back then because I had a couple of special tweaks I wanted. And I literally said, hey, could you make this a little bit shorter? And they designed, they customized the frame, cut it, literally cut it to meet my specs and no extra charge. It was amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so that was the, that's the fun thing about this podcast is bringing it full circle. Some of these companies that I love, you know, it's like you guys, you're a new company that, that we're working with, but I mean, the more I talk to you guys and see what you have going, like just that, that waterproof thing, right? I mean, you see, I just love the conversations. And, uh, so it's, it's fun for me just nerding out on gear. Um, oh, so, me too. I'm a yeah. gear. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're, you're totally, totally. So what are the other companies? So when you think of companies out there, obviously you mentioned probably, you know, a, a couple of them, Yeti's one of them, but are there 
companies that you look at as, as companies that are doing an amazing job? Maybe they're older companies or younger that are that you guys kind of see as maybe kind of mentor-like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll start with Yeti. I think, you know, they're publicly traded now, so they're a little different than when we started. But I got a chance to meet the founders uh, when we were still building these things out of our garage, you know, eight years ago. And um, just great guys. I, I use them as an example of in almost everything we do because they do things so well. And they were innovative um, when they started out. I mean, they kind of created a whole little subset uh, in our industry in, yeah. the outdoor, in the outdoor space. Um, and when we started our company, we, we developed some mottos that we still live by. And a lot, a lot of those came from Yeti. You know, one would be that, uh, just the best, you know, like, yeah. and our product's different, you know, I've, I'm a little bit jealous of them that they make a rotomoted molded cooler. It's, you know, it's not a lot of stuff that can break on it. Ours is electronics. I mean, everything can break mm. on it, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, but, Anyway, you know, one of the things that I, I think they set out to do is what we try to do in, in our in the electronics world is to make the best product we possibly can. And so, you know, eight years ago, we got a chance to meet the founders and learn what kind of made their business tick. Um, there's a lot of things we took uh, from that meeting. But one thing is that we set out to be the best uh, possible speaker we can in the, in the outdoor space. So that to us, that means loud and rugged. So yeah. as technology improves, um, you know, we're going to keep making it louder and we're going to keep making it more rugged and um, really just to be the best in our space and to keep it simple. We're not going to be all things to everybody. We're just going to be the very best uh, we can in our little niche. Um, yeah. And they, they still do so many things well. Like I love, you know, they got in this video space and when they started out like doing the Yeti Presents, I was like, man, why are they doing that? And now it's, you know, I love it. Um, yeah. So much of our business is just about telling stories and inspiring people to get outdoors. Um, and I mean, they've, they've just been innovative in so many ways. Uh, I, I truly look up to their company. And even as they've gotten really big and, and publicly traded, they still do a lot of things really well. They do relationships well. I mean, they started the ambassador program. They, <laughs> they've, hmm. they've, they've been innovators in so many ways. Um, but so they're a big one. And there's a lot of cool, small Texas brands we've met. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a pack mule hanging in our office. I mean, these, these things are like $800. These are things that go in the back of your trailer hitch, right? In the back of your truck? Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'd ever want to pay that much for one. And and it's been one of my greatest investments. Like I use it all the time. It's one of my favorite pieces of gear. You know, it's it's half the size of my pickup bed. So it's like I get an extra. Oh, wow. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. So you could literally could you could you sit back there like put a lawn chair on it and kick up kick up uh, in the back of it? Oh yeah, they sell these yeah. the things that can uh, kind of connect it where you can stand on it. Um, but man, it's it's a really cool product and just a cool company. I mean, I think they kind of adopted the same model, like you know, be the best in their industry. I mean, you can go buy a hundred dollar hitch carib, and there's just yeah, they're cheap and they're going to bend. But yeah, this is I mean, this thing's bomb proof. Like they he dropped it in the bottom of the ocean and picked it up a month later, and it was still working fine. Like <laughs> you know, it's just the type of product it is. So nice. things like that, nice. it, yeah, really inspire us. And we've gotten to meet a lot of cool brands. We try to do um, collaborations with other brands that we like and respect in the industry, and so that's been a fun part of the business as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So on your speaker, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, you know, the uh, Echo Fly Rods. I think of these videos that uh, Ray Jeff has where he's he's got his fly rods hooked up to it like a, 
a machine and they're trying to break the rods to see how much pressure you know it takes before they break and they measure it and stuff. Um, but for you guys, have you been out there like dropping your speakers off of like uh, two story buildings to see what they what they take for how, or how did you get to that point to know what they could take? Yeah, it's a fine line. Um, you know, <laughs> yes, we have. We've we've thrown it, we've shot it, we've hit it. Uh, we had a guy that worked for us who's actually a professional baseball player and uh, <laughs> threw a hundred mile an hour fastball at it, and and that was made a video. You can check it out on our Instagram. Oh, cool, Pretty cool. Didn't break it. Uh, so we've done a lot of stuff like that. It's a fine line. Like we, we try to do stuff like that to show the toughness of the product. We also don't want to inspire people to do dumb stuff with their product. No, <laughs> you know, like you wouldn't. Yep. It's like, like I said, with the fishing, with the fishing reel. Like you know, if you got dunked, you know, I'm gonna. It's meant, you know, it's meant to handle it, but at the same time, you know, you got to baby it and rinse it off. Like it's still an electronic yeah. product, but um, you know, we try to make the best, most rugged outdoor portable speaker on the market. And so it's, it's meant yep. to hold up to all that stuff, but at the same time, I'm not going to encourage people to let it float down the river for two hours. You know I mean? You know, no, pick it up, put it no. in the boat, you know, <laughs> but people still yeah, do. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Some of this, it's fun actually. And also amazing at some of the stuff people do with their speakers, like, you know, just covered in mud or, or whatever it is, you know, we get uh, all kind of cool stuff sent to us, but. I can just imagine the ideas that people could do with the speaker. Yeah. The, <laughs> you could test it out, but obviously like anything, you got to take care of it. And if you don't take care of it, it's not going to perform. I mean, I think of, again, I think it goes back to the company and you know this, I'm sure as well. Um, my example just recently, literally, I mean, I'm talking to you right now on a, um, on a brand new Mac, right. And, oh, and, cool. And my MacBook that I had that I bought in 2017 was amazing, right? I was like, okay, this is great. Haven't had a problem in three, four years, whatever. But guess just recently, my port, my charging port stopped working. And and not only that, the S key, it shows you how much I type, but uh, the S key was wearing off and literally the key fell off. And and I'm like, oh my God, okay, this Mac, this thing isn't going to last forever. So I went into Mac and talked to them and but again, right? I mean, because it's Mac and because I love them so much, I didn't think twice about buying another computer. I just went out and bought another Mac. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I mean, that's got to say something for that company about their products, even though I had an issue, right? I had a problem. I had to spend, you know, a bunch of money to buy a brand new Mac and they were going to charge me uh, to fix the old one. So again, I don't know. I just feel like the service they've been, they've performed for me for so long. Do you guys feel when you look at your, your situation, when you deal with those, you know, issues, right. When things come up, because they do come up, how, how do you guys, how do you, you know, what do you think of it as your service? You know, it's, it's an interesting, we're in an interesting space because we're in the outdoor space and, you know, ideally I'd like to be like a Yeti or like a pack mule with some sort of limited lifetime warranty, but on the other side, we're an electronics company and most electronics, you know, I just bought a new MacBook too this summer. It's a 90 day warranty, like 90, yeah. day, 90 days. Like if it broke on the 91st day, yep. like, yeah, they'll, they'll work with you, but you're going to be paying something. And it's, um, you know, and so we, when we, we first launched, I think we came out with a year, no questions asked warranty. We actually extended it to two years for a little while. Um, but, you know, I think what's a good what we've kind of adopted is a one year policy and we, yeah. do, we do no questions asked. You know, if you send it back, like I'm going to make it right at the end of the day, um, if anything goes wrong with it. And honestly, if it's been after a year, we really haven't turned anybody down. I mean, now that we're been in business a little bit longer, you know, I've got to kind of you know, drop the drop it at some point. Like, you know, yeah, 
um, and, and we try to be real fair to everybody, but, um, I mean, we might have only turned away one person that literally I think he shot his box with a shotgun or something. I'd really like <laughs> how he, he ba- it basically was blown up, but it, pretty much everybody else that's had any sort of issue. We've, we've made it right at our expense. Um, and yep. I think we treat customer service as like a marketing expense. Like it's, you know, it's really important to keep our customers happy. Um, even if it costs me money and time and, um, you know, it's one of the most important things we do. It's also, um, it's very time consuming. I mean, to have a, a founder take a call and, and, you know, spend 30 minutes on a phone with a customer and, yeah. you know, whatever it is, it's, but it's, it's a really, uh, important thing to us. I also think it's a lost art. Like most people in this digital age are just, are just used to trashing stuff, used to things breaking, you know, it's important that, uh, we make something that's a little bit timeless and, you know, you can, you can see it in the design of our product and the way that we make it. Like we, we really want this thing to stand, uh, up for a lifetime, which, which is really hard to do in the electronic space. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's a constant challenge and, um, and especially an electronic that's it's meant to be outdoors and in harsh environments. Um, you know, we know it's going to get tested. So, yep. Um, yep. you know, if a MacBook's at 90 days, I feel like we're ahead of at least the electronics industry with a one year. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's pretty stout. No one's dragging, no one's taking their MacBook on their, their fishing skiff with them or on their drift boat, hopefully. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, I agree. I think you're, yeah, you're in a, yeah, it is a challenging thing, the electronics, because I mean, that person out there, could be abusing it, right? They could right. have dropped it off of a table and hit the concrete, and you and you don't know exactly, right? Sure. It could have. How do you, you know, how do that could jiggle anything? <laughs> so yeah, I hear the struggle, and and also in the electronic space, the struggle is it would seem too that things are always right. Technology is always changing, getting better. I mean, how do you guys, how do you guys plan, or how do you stay ahead of the puck, right? Like how do you like that next thing, because I'd imagine there's going to be a speaker that does the same thing yours does, but it is smaller. That's going to be coming out. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, you talking about with us, like building a new product or are you talking about comp- well, competitors? Yeah, no, I'm thinking more like, so I guess it's a little bit of everything, but you know, you've got this product, which is great, but you know, I'm sure there's going to be some technology that's going to come out, you know, in the future, that's going to be something maybe you guys want to do and maybe you move away from this or you make it better. Right. How, how do you, you know, how does your project or your product evolve over the years? Yeah, I mean, speaker technology really hasn't changed that much. What's really changed drastically since we launched this is battery technology. And actually, the first one we built, you know, my battery was $120, like a, a LifePuff motorcycle battery, um, you know, that could put out the, the power I needed to get a really loud sound. And I think that's what's kind of shocked people. But, um, you know, battery technology is a really important one uh, and what's really helped advance that market is, is, uh, electronic cars and also the e-cigarette market, surprisingly. Uh, oh, wow. You know, is, is battery costs have come down, um, which, which was a big barrier to entry for us. Cause we have a massive power plant behind this thing to get the, the sound that we need. Um, and so, you know, as battery technology increases, you know, I think our costs will one come down, but also, you know, longevity, uh, yep power can go up. I can keep making it louder. Um, although I think we're already, <laughs> people don't necessarily need it much louder than it already is. It's, it's, a, we try to be the loudest in the market. I think that's an important feature for outdoor use. You know, you get out, you get outside over the wind and waves and you just can't hear most. Right. Um, and so we kind of have a, a unique design in that in a specific sound curve for the outdoors. Like if you were to buy, 
something for your house, I'd tell you to go buy a different product. I wouldn't tell you to buy a turtle box, you know, go buy, yeah. there's some great, there's some great companies out there. Um, and we try to stay very focused and stay in our lane, like, you know, to make uh, something specifically for the outdoors. And not every company does that. Um, we're also the only Marine grade portable speaker on the market. Mm. Um, you know, it's like I no said, kidding. a lot of these portable products are really indoor products, which doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if you're indoors, why you just buy something that plugs into the wall, you don't need it to be portable, but, yeah. um, you know, ours is really meant to be heard and listened to outside. And so, gotcha. um, you know, it's, it's my back porch speaker. And then when I do go fishing or at a ranch or whatever, you know, it goes with me. I just take it with me. But, yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah, let's, well, let's talk some more about fishing. I'm tired of talking about turtle box. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. I think John said the same thing. I think John was saying that uh, I was. I asked him. I said, "Hey, let's talk about some of the features." And he was like, uh, "Well, let, let's talk about some of this other stuff." So, yeah, let, let's talk about. So, tell me. Let's go back to the. Uh, let's go back to the redfish. I want. I want to hear this as we kind of. We're going to start to wrap this up here, but. You know, again, you're obviously not like a, a guide or a pro or anything like that, but I think there's probably a lot to be learned from somebody. I haven't been out yet, and I, I plan on doing it as soon as possible, you know, to get out for them. But, you know, if say somebody's going to be heading out there for the first time, you know, like what should they be thinking about with redfish? I mean, is it is it pretty pretty straightforward or, you know, what do you love about it? Uh, like I said, it kind of combined two passions for me, which is fishing and hunting. Um, and it was kind of somewhere in between. And I think it also has a new skill set for me. So it's, it, you know, I've kind of de- dedicated my life to being a lifelong learner. And so, um, you know, this was a new way to like kind of learn something in a, a hobby that I already love, which is fishing and, and do something new. Um, I don't think you can master it. So, hmm. um, you can't master f- a fly fishing or, or redfish. Uh, I would say either, uh, yeah. you know, it's something that you keep learning and, and, uh, anyway, it, it's been fun. Yeah. It's a new pursuit for me. I told you I'm kind of building a skiff. Um, yeah. and so hopefully to, trying to get in into it more, but you know, it's basically you can get in real skinny water. I was fishing with a guy, uh, a couple of weeks ago and we were in about a foot of water and he's like, ah, we're, we're, we're too deep. We need to get skinnier, you know, so we can, we can, <laughs> we can see him tailing and all that. And it was like a foot of water. Are you kidding me? That's all right. That's, that's so much skinnier than what I usually fish in. You know, usually I'd fish in three to four feet of water and, and, and be waiting and all that. And so, sure. uh, you know, looking for bait, huh. but you're not really seeing tails, you know? You're, and so, uh, it, it's, it's cool. And when you're in that skinny of water, man, it's so easy to spook them. So that's kind of where the hunting aspect comes in. You're, you're stalking them, uh, you're seeing them at a distance, you're trying to pull up to them and, right. um, you know, sneak up on that fish, get it within casting distance and then put a good cast on it where you're not spooking the fish with your cast. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's trying to see the, the direction they're going and, and casting a few feet in front of that and, you know, stripping the line where it's, you know, you get it right in front of their nose at the, just the right time. And that's, that's really fun. Um, I do a lot of bow hunting in South Texas. And so, you know, they're very similar in that regards, like, you know, just Mm -hmm. stalking an animal, getting, getting close, um, getting close enough where you can, you know, almost hear the animal, they can hear you and you can spook them. And that's, get your heart rate going. It's really fun. Yeah. You can hear your heartbeat up up in your ears. (laughs) That's, you know, you're doing something right. Like get your adrenaline going. So, uh, that's been really fun. And then we, uh, 
so that's kind of a, a new endeavor for me is, is trying to learn that. Um, and then, uh, we're going to ha- come out with a video here in a month. I'd love for your, your listeners to check it out. It's, uh, we were floating the devil's river last week, which, um, for a Texas guy, it's, it's been on my bucket list forever. It's the most remote and clearest water in Texas. It's super pristine, huh. super protected, hard to get to, hard to know how to get there or where to camp or what to do. And so we, we hired a guy to do that and, and uh, got to do some fly fishing on uh, these Diablo kayaks, which are basically kind of stand up paddle boards, but they're really, you know, sit down kayaks. So they're kind of a hybrid, but you can stand up fly fish mm-hmm. on them. And the water's so clear. I felt like I was fishing for bonefish in the Exumas or something. I mean, you can see all the way to the bottom. It's like this beautiful turquoise water. Uh, wow. But yeah, we're going to come out with a cool video on that, that uh, it, I would, I would recommend putting that on your bucket list. It was a really yeah. cool, cool trip. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely will have that on the bucket list for sure. And the um, water was so clear. Like it was kind of the same thing as those redfish, like real easy to spook the fish because um, they can see you coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that comparison between the fly fishing. Uh, really, it's like fly fishing and bow hunting. The similar, you always say, you know, rifle hunting is to bow hunting as like gear fishing is to fly fishing kind of right. Yeah. Where you're more, you're more, you're closer to the animals and, and you can, you can hear them and you can see them and you can feel the whole thing where like with a rifle, at least my hunting, you know, you're shooting from a long ways off and I haven't bow hunting yet, but it's definitely another thing. It's like on my list. I like, before I leave the, you know, the world, I want to be a bow hunter. Yeah. I mean, again, those are all, all kind of stuff that I don't feel like you can master. You can always get better at and keep learning. And so, uh, yeah, Anyway, it's been yeah. fun. And also, uh, you know, there's a cool connection with, with the person you're fishing with or, or hunting with. Well, I guess bow hunting, you're really by yourself. But, you know, right. with these redfish, you're with one other person. You've got a guy pulling you and, and then a guy, on you know, on the casting platform. And, and so you're really working hand in hand. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a little beautiful dance between, the, you know. And so, you know, you feel like you get to know each other well. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a relationship guy, so I enjoy that aspect of it, like, you know, time on the water with friends or, or customers or whoever. So. Yep. Yep. Are you uh, on that boat? I, you mentioned you're building a boat. Is it uh, fiberglass or wood or what, what type of boat? Yeah. So um, this is actually a really cool company as well. It's called Sabine Skiffs, S A B as in boy, I N E. And uh, he, he's local to greater Houston market and he builds a, an aluminum skiff. He built the, Oh wow. Yeah. He built the first no slap hole, on a skiff. And so, you know, with the skiff world, you, you really want a super quiet boat, which is why nobody uses aluminum. You think of aluminum, you think of like a John yep. boat or a duck boat, but not a skiff. Well, he built, um, he builds these beautiful skiffs out of aluminum. They're super quiet. They don't, you know, they don't have whole slap like a, a normal John boat or something would. But what's nice about aluminum for our coast is we just have all these oyster reefs and beds that'll I mean it'll just tear up a fiberglass boat and you know, yeah you know and just we have su- super skinny bays and so you go out there and you know, i see guys you know stuck out in the middle of the bay but you know should be three four feet deep but you've just got this random oyster reef out there in the middle and if you're not familiar with the waters it's pretty easy to totally mess up your boat or break off a lower unit on your engine so oh, wow. um aluminum is actually a great option for uh for our our base system uh one it's light like you could pick up the front yep. of the boat with one hand um i think the boat is like 650 pounds so it's it's super light um 
gets super skinny and they're, they're really pretty. It doesn't look like an aluminum boat, but it's actually aluminum. So yeah, definitely check them out as well. Uh, but yeah, there's two man polling skiffs, just like a, a Hell's Bay or something else. But yeah, uh, it, it, that's cool. It's a super cool design. That's awesome. Yeah, we had a, a whole season on drift boats where we dug into a lot of the companies and products around drift boats. And um, I have a I have an aluminum drift boat, and it's interesting because yeah, there's fiberglass drift boats, there's wood, drift, there's all sorts. But the wood, I mean, they all have their little benefit. But yeah, sure. the aluminum. That is why the aluminum drift boat is great too, because you could literally just leave it outside forever, mm-hmm. and it's you know what I mean. It's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Where all the other boats, you got to keep them in a garage. You know, it's kind of one of the struggles. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of the goals. It's meant to be bomb proof. So, yeah, that's cool to hear. Yeah, I'll put a link out to that company for sure. That's that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah, well, I guess uh, well, we're you know, I kind of wrapping this thing up here. I, uh, you know, obviously we didn't we didn't dig way deep into fishing. I, I think um, you know maybe I'm, I'm hoping to keep in touch with you guys as we move through the year and all that, and and I hope to you know share maybe stay in touch on social as we keep moving forward. And obviously the sponsorship has been going pretty well, so we'll, we'll keep in touch on that. But um, yeah, anything else you want to give a highlight out to kind of um, you know Turtle Box or any of your upcoming adventures in fishing? Anything here before we leave? Yeah, that's it. I'd say uh, follow along on Instagram. We're at Turtle Box Audio, and uh, you can check out. We'll have some Devil's River stuff coming up, which I'm super excited about sharing on yeah. our, our socials platforms. And uh, if you're a fisherman, you'll you'll definitely want to check that out. And then uh, you can check out that Sabine skiff when we get that built. I'll definitely be posting some stuff on that. And uh, yeah, follow okay. along on some of our adventures. We've got some great fishing ambassadors on there, and uh, try to post you know, all the cool stuff they're doing. So I think it's, it's a fun page to follow along on. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, leave us with your uh, music, a band or type of music you like to listen to before we get out here. Mm, Well, we've got actually, you know, being in the music space, we have a great Spotify uh, page. It's again, same thing, turtle box audio. And I try to put out a a bunch of good playlists. I specifically like a lot of folk music. Um, Yeah. we try to keep it pretty random. I just <laughs> came out yep. with like an eighties playlist after watching Cobra Kai a couple months ago. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do a great eighties playlist. So we got some fun stuff on there too. But, oh, cool. Um, so we can, so you can go on and yeah, look up turtle box and just listen to see what you guys are listening to. Yeah. And one of our favorite bands that we actually got to meet through turtle box is Jamestown revival. Um, super cool dude. And, um, met them out at their ranch out here, which is about an hour north of uh, Houston and uh, just really uh-huh. great people and have a great, a great sound. If you haven't heard of them, I would, I would give no. them a listen. Jamestown. Remodel. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put a link to them. Maybe I'll find a YouTube video or something there. And yeah, Spotify also, that's so cool because they've been, don- they've been doing great. I mean, Apple has always been the podcasting leader, but Spotify is really, I mean, they, they purchased Joe Rogan and they've been mm-hmm. doing some really innovative things in the space. And all of us podcasters are excited. Um, you know, for just like you said, I'm going to be listening to you guys, your thing, and then I'll turn over and listen to a podcast over on Spotify. So hopefully I think that's what a lot of people are doing these days, but, uh, yeah, well, Hey, thanks for all the time today. This has been great. Uh, I'm excited to keep in touch with you guys as we keep moving forward here. And, uh, yeah, until we, uh, we meet again, I'll, I'll put a link out to turtleboxaudio.com and we'll take it from there. Cool. Thanks, man. Well, great talking to you and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. See ya. See ya. Bye. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links and everything else we covered, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 222. That is the 222, and we didn't do the 222 today, but that's fine. 222 is still good. 
if you get a chance, uh, please leave a re- review. We haven't had a review in a little while. Would love it if you have a chance. If you've been enjoying the show, uh, you can head over on your app of choice. Just click uh, that review button, leave a, uh, a rating and review, and that would be super, super helpful. I would appreciate that if you can. That's pretty much it. That's a wrap. That's all I have for you today. I want to thank you again for stepping by today and listening into the show. Hope you enjoyed this one and hope you have a chance to get out on the river or maybe get online and, uh, and check in with me. Either way, see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.